Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome everyone to episode 115 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Zaporic and today we're going to be talking about some post-All-Star break storylines to follow. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Fan Rag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Morton, how's it going? Welcome back from London. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's just <laughs> such a wonderful trip, really. Uh, obviously, this is going to be my last appearance on this, on this podcast because, <laughs> you know, basketball and everything, I'm definitely way more considerate and and sophisticated now having been to london for an entire week obviously I, i've spoken with mark deeks i know people from london are not considerate <laughs> i actually met with mark for lunch over a two-hour period so yes i yes. know i know and i saw he was at the all-star game which is great he you got was, him right before yeah. right before right before yeah right before yeah well that's awesome glad to have you back like you i also went on a trip uh, a little bit shorter. I went to Memphis for a night, but in your honor, I also had a giant meat feast. So we're oh, both, nice. Yeah, we're we're both probably on a diet for the next three months. Oh man, I tell you, I was at this Brazilian barbecue, yeah, and I honestly thought like that was going to be the high point of the holiday, like in terms of of eating. 
And my wife, she works at a at a place called Sticks and Sushi, which is it's it serves sushi and also meat, like pieces of meat on it on a small stick. Oh, it's yeah. very expensive, and very exclusive, and stuff like that. And we went there because she had um, like a, a gift certificate or whatever, and oh. that was definitely like the best meal that we had. I was just I was getting duck and lamb oh. and pork and everything, and it was just like juicy and all oh, voluptuous and it was great just so great i'm very proud of you my wife yeah. would be she would be proud of you, even more proud of you than i am because that's right in her wheelhouse yeah well i didn't eat the sushi though oh. i did i do not well, i do not likes, touch sushi. she likes the barbecue the japanese barbecue as well oh nice yeah well you i mean you may have come to denmark this summer by the way so we that's should true. we should figure something out i'm I'll hook you guys up, or rather, my wife will. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. I can't hook anyone up. I don't have the connections, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I'm an empty, empty man. <laughs> uh, before we get underway talking about the stuff that we're gonna keep an eye on for the last two months of the regular season, we need to yes. address right off the bat this report from Sports Illustrated that came out last night. John Wertheim and Jessica Luther spent multiple months speaking with members, current and former members of the Dallas Mavericks uh, organization. It seems as though the former team president was, to put it kindly, a serial sexual harasser. Um, Just in terms of, it sounds like in general, the office culture was not hospitable to the female employees. That's that's the nicest way to say it. I would implore anyone who hasn't read the story to go check it out at some point today. Uh, it's just phenomenal reporting. <laughs> it's heartbreaking, but phenomenal work from those two. Uh, more, we don't want to speculate too much, just given how new this is. We don't we don't know how much. Mark Cuban, the owner, uh, mm. he was not accused of any sexual harassment himself. He said that he, this is the first he's heard of it, basically, and he immediately took action. He fired his HR director. He fired his beat writer of Mavs.com, who was involved in a few domestic violence incidents. Um, So we don't want to speculate today about how much Cuban knew, when he knew it, all that. You know, over time, that will come out. Uh, But do you have any general thoughts about this whole situation well you kind of said it before we started recording brian and it you said we i just hope that this is not a problem that is uh active amongst nba teams or Mm -hmm. basically sports franchises that we we hope that this is an isolated thing uh granted it was an isolated thing for a for a period of over 18 years which is frightening yeah so when you say an isolated incident that comes with an asterisk because come on, I mean, 18 years, man, that's a long time. Um, I will say this though. I I can't speculate on whether or not Mark Cuban knew or didn't knew. I don't Mm want to speculate about that. I think what his actions presented right now was accurate in firing those people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say this when you're an owner of an NBA franchise, it's your responsibility to know what's going on. So mm-hmm. even if he's right and he's and he did not know what was going on, that's on him as well. 
you own the basketball team you're supposed to know and i know that he said well i i'm deferring i can't Mm -hmm. be on top of the day-to-day i have different interests or venues or whatever well that's that's not good enough that's not good enough you need to to speak with someone else if i owned a big time franchise i would not just let two or three people give me all the reports i would talk to 20 people 30 Mm -hmm. people 50 people i would walk around my team once in a while to speak with people so how is it here i would go to the lowest ranked intern and ask him or her what's going on is everything good Mm -hmm. i would it's called due diligence and cuban didn't do that so that's that's on him and unfortunately um people suffered because of that yeah uh, Michael McCann, actually, of Sports Illustrated, he's their legal expert. He had a complimentary, as in <laughs> accompanying, not as in praiseworthy. Compliment with an E, I should say. Yeah, compliment, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he had a piece kind of talking about Cuban's responsibility as an owner. Not Again, not whether he knew or didn't know or when he knew, but it, apparently a lot of NBA franchises have in-house lawyers i believe he said that work with the hr department to make sure that any claims particularly sexual harassment claims are taken seriously uh for whatever reason the mavericks did not have an in-house lawyer i believe they had one working with the mavericks corporation or something like that like an outside counsel so i mean that structure may have lent itself to a situation like this i'm gonna pretty safely assume that cuban will address that in the coming mm-hmm. weeks um as you said Mort, i mean his actions since since they spoke about him i guess they uh spoke with him on monday the day before the report came out and then he immediately fired the hr director suspended the beat writer and then um uh fired him tuesday once he figured out or got more details um so those actions i mean those speak to him recognizing the severity of this which is good and the nba released a statement tuesday night saying you know they're the mavs announced that they're going to conduct an internal investigation with the outside counsel uh the nba said they're going to be closely following it i think everyone knows how serious this is and as you said mort i mean we can only pray that this is an isolated uh problem with only the mavericks that's not pervasive throughout all of the other organizations in the league i'm skeptical that this is an isolated incident i mean i wouldn't be surprised if this if we start to hear more stories like this in the coming weeks and months just just as happened with hollywood i mean we heard the Harvey Weinstein stuff, and then the floodgates open. So I just hope that NBA teams, the league, continues to take this as seriously as they need to. Uh, The sport, you know, obviously it's not just for men, and they employ female employees. They they should feel comfortable in their jobs. They should not be subjected to sexual harassment. This is not a particularly hot take, I don't think. Uh, it's just just, that's the way it should be that's basic human decency so yeah you know we'll we'll obviously keep an eye on this moving forward and see you know that it's all very fresh right now we 
we just can't say much more than what we have. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we keep, we're keeping the female employees of the Mavericks in particular in mind. Um, it, it, this just sucks. This is just a terrible situation and we hope it leads to positive change down the line. Yep. I agree. Um, just to wrap up, are you at that point as well where you kind of feel ashamed about your gender? Oh my God. <laughs> because yeah. Of, yeah. Like I mean, we, let's just, I, that, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, I feel like, so we know that, I mean, based on the demographics that we've seen in terms of like our, you know, our blog talk radio stats, we know a lot of men listen to this podcast. So man, I want to address this to you. Stop. Like, stop being assholes. This is not hard. <laughs> if yeah. a woman, if you, you know, if you go and try to hit on a woman and she shows no interest in you, that is not a sign to continue hitting on her. If you are right. a married man, don't hit on women. You're married. If you don't go up to a woman and ask and say, like, I know you're going to go get gangbanged this weekend. This is common yeah. sense. Like, don't send dick pics. Really, really easy things that like no imagine how you would feel if it, if you were on the other side of that just stop just it's really not that hard to not well that that logic that logic is problematic though because i think that a lot of men maybe i think those who listen to our podcast i think those are nba fans most nba fans i i imagine are are coming from a greater place because let's just call it like it is when you watch a a sport of predominantly black athletes, mm-hmm. I also think that you are very open minded to mm-hmm. to different uh, d- different races and cultures and whatnot. So I think there is an element of of greater overview and oversight of the worldview when mm-hmm. you watch this league in particular. Yep. Uh, obviously, that did not apply to the to the Mavs writer and and the HR. Uh, uh, president or either the human resources chief there. Mm-hmm. However, having said that, there are a lot of men in this world who would love to be in those shoes. I mean, being the the guy who gets catcalled by women or whatever. So that logic <laughs> would probably not work. Yeah. But I I mean I've seen a lot of people go. Well, you know what? Now it's impossible these in this day and age to to even get a date. No, it's not. You can still talk to women you can still ask them out right that's that's not the issue the issue is they say no mm-hmm. and you keep on doing it mm-hmm. or the issue is you touch them when you right. shouldn't yep it's you can you can ask women out good lord i mean <laughs> yeah. obviously they it's this is not about you not being able to ask women out it's just being just be a decent human being it's all about decency and yeah. boundaries and respect and right. oh this little thing not treating women as pieces of meat right. just just this, this little thing i don't know might yeah. might be important i mean Mort, you and i are both happily married men i i would venture to guess in our only because i can't have you brian <laughs> i would venture to guess in our respective courtships neither one of us texted our now wives a dick pic or said hey i bet you're gonna go get gangbagged this weekend well, I flirted in different ways, Brian. So. <laughs> right. No, obviously. No, yeah. no. It's, no. I, as, I think the way you said it is spot on. It's all about being respectful and not yeah. objectifying women. And but our gender yeah. has a lot of work to do. 
Right. I feel old now because I started dating my wife when I was 18, so we didn't really have camera phones at that point. So I, I couldn't even have sent her. God, that was just a that that was a dirty move, Brian. I'm 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 feeling really old right now. Thank you, thank you, buddy. Technology saved you. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yep, absolutely. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. All right, Moit, let's pivot into some actual basketball talk. We are still in the midst of the All-Star break, but games start back up tomorrow. We have about two you months. You just said actual basketball, and then you followed it up with All-Star. Brian. <laughs> right. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sparing you discussion of the All-Star game. I know how much you hated <laughs> All-Star weekend. I, so we, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't focus on that. So let's talk about, we've got about two months left in the regular season. Moit, mm. what are you keeping an eye on? As we hit the home stretch, um, Golden State taking off hopefully mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they are second in the West behind yeah. Houston at yep. this point. Uh, it's not like I, I I expect them to go out and say, "Oh, we want the number one seed." I don't mm-hmm. think they care, but like, let's be honest, they've cruised a little bit. Oh yeah, and absolutely. they've been yeah, not just a little bit, actually, quite a lot. So this is their chance to really get playoff tuned, mm-hmm. and they need to step up, step on that pedal pretty soon. This is not some on-off switch. They can just go from game one in the first round and just plug it in there. No, you, you need a little bit of leeway here. And 15, 20 games, that's, that's probably the minimum you need to get into like a serious mindset. So mm-hmm. I am definitely looking for that to happen. And I'm also looking, Houston, I just mentioned him, I'm looking to see how serious they are. Um, and by serious, I mean, are, are they a legitimate um, contender to take the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, are they a legitimate threat to Golden State? Because they've lost just 13 games. Yeah. This yeah. like We do not talk about Houston enough. They yeah. are frighteningly good. And obviously, the, the big one, we're going to return to that later in the podcast, the tank race, which yeah. is on... Yeah. Um, and Toronto. Yeah. Like the, the Toronto Raptors are forty-one and sixteen. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So right. how how an offense can change when you actually insert plays and start shooting threes? <laughs> right. Stop relying on isolation. Who knew? Yeah. So let's start with the West since you brought him up first, Mort. I agree. I take Houston very seriously as a contender. I think they are a yep. legit threat to Golden State, and watching those two battle it out for home court advantage throughout the West will be fun. But 
I mean, the West, the rest of the Western Conference race, those two teams are almost ten games ahead. I mean, Houston is a full ten games ahead of anyone not in Golden State. Mm. From three through ten in the West, it's only separated by four and a half games. The Spurs are third right now, at thirty-five and twenty-four. The Jazz are tenth at thirty and twenty-eight, and the Jazz have won eleven straight. Oh, the yeah. Spurs yeah, are four have. and six in their last ten. Of the, I guess, eight teams that are battling for these six spots, who do you think gets left out by the end? Oh, you you always bring your your A questions immediately <laughs> right off the bat, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm coming with fire today. Yeah, you are. I mean, I'm I'm not sold on New Orleans after Boogie went down. Mm-hmm. Just not. I, I love the addition of, of Nico, and I, I hope that they find some success in, in having him and AD uh, you know, paired up in the front court. But uh, you got Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz just searching right now. They they brought new life. I think that the I could see the Jazz overtake the Pelicans for eighth, mm-hmm. and then just everything shakes out somewhat as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Clippers get in. Yeah. That's where I'm leaning as well. I think yeah, yeah, the Jazz sneak in at eighth, and the Clippers and the Pelicans are left out. I mean, yeah. I Minnesota, I think, is a lock. I, I have no oh, yeah. concerns about them. OKC, no. I mean, they, they are worse without Roberson. I think they'll pull it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver gets Paul Millsap back soon, so I think they'll be okay. Yep. If Kawhi doesn't come back soon, though... I'm a little worried about the Spurs. Wow, and like as a p- missing the playoffs worried? Yeah, I mean they're only three ga- three and a half games ahead of the Clippers right now. I know they have I know, a, but they have a cushion, but yeah. Yeah, but it's the Spurs though. I I yeah, like, I, I get I mean I know the Spurs like the mystique of the Spurs is that Popovich will just always somehow coach them to fifty wins and they'll make the playoffs. But I, I'm a little worried. I'll admit it. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think they're a secure top four seed by any means. It, it wouldn't hmm. surprise me to see them in the six, seven, eight range if. I mean, again, we don't know when Kawhi comes back. If he comes back, you know, this week, erase all of that. He'll, you know, if he stays healthy over these last twenty some games, they're good. But if well, Kawhi, Rudy Gay comes back soon, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I I just it wouldn't totally shock me if the Spurs. Even if they make the playoffs, if they're in that lower range rather than the yeah. secure top four seed that we projected them as before the season started. But you know what's going to happen, right? If they miss the playoffs, they're going to win the lottery. They're going <laughs> right. to take DeAndre Aiden, and that's just, <laughs> yep. Yeah, in true Spurs fashion, you're, you're probably Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in which case, if that happens, I'm good. Yeah, right. I guess it's a win either way. Um, all right, let's switch to the East then, Mort. You brought up the Raptors, who I agree. I mean, they, they're they right now the number one seed in the East. They have a two-game lead over the Celtics at two. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see Toronto keep that number one seed heading into the playoffs. Um, but again, it's this is not as 
closely contested as the West, but you've got between four and nine in the East. It's only a five-game separation between the Wizards, who are fourth right now at 33-24, and 24, and the Pistons, who are ninth at 28-29. and 29. Right. Do you think mm. the Pistons can sneak in and push out the Sixers or the Heat? Or, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty bad if they didn't, given that they traded for Blake effing Griffin. <laughs> right. And Miami. I'm sorry, I'm just not sold on Miami yet. I'm really not. I, they lost I, to a Joel Embiid-less 76ers yeah, team. Right I, I, think, I think I'd make that switch. I mean, Detroit for Miami on the, in the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Philly, I'm pretty certain they'll stay in. Milwaukee, obviously, as well. Indiana, who's been the big surprise this year. Yeah. And kind of like how it shakes out there, just with the Detroit-Miami swap. But having said that, it wouldn't surprise me if Miami stayed the course and and just overtook Detroit. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm leading Detroit because I think there is like a a small time period where you have to integrate Blake, mm-hmm. and then when that's done, I think they get on there and on a roll. In and when I say on a roll, I mean Eastern Conference type of roll, like right. five out of five out of seven or something, you know? Right. Right. Um, right. So. Definitely not. Charlotte, uh, they're dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's only a nine-game or a nine-team race for those eight spots. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks, without Porzingis, are done. The Bulls have mm-hmm. openly started tanking, as we'll talk about it soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I – yeah, I'm, I'm torn between the Pistons and the Heat. I, I don't know. I, I kind of think the Heat – stave them off because the the pistons get reggie jackson back at some point so mm-hmm. right as they establish this new identity with blake they're gonna again have to shuffle up their chemistry and reincorporate mm-hmm. reggie jackson which i mean his return if he comes back at full speed he'll be helpful but we just don't know what he's gonna look like or how he's gonna fit with blake and it makes me nervous to incorporate that many new pieces over a four or five week span, so I would lean yeah. Miami. Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm trying not to jinx the Sixers. Like, <laughs> I'm still nervous as all hell about the Sixers because I mean, if again, it's it's like the perpetual thing. If Joel Embiid goes down, so do they. So hopefully mm. he stays upright over these final twenty seven games. But they do have. I mean, just, I think it's literally the league's easiest schedule from this point forward. They play, I think, all four games against Charlotte still. They have a couple against the Knicks. I mean, they're playing a bunch of teams that just lost stars for the year, which they also, you know, they got on a five-game winning streak right before the All-Star break because they played, like, the Wizards without Wall and the Pelicans without Boogie. Um, right. They, they have two against the Cavs still, but one is, like, in early April, when Cleveland will at least possibly be resting starters by that point, so hopefully, you know, knock on wood, as long as Simmons and Embiid stay healthy, they'll be in. So it does feel like it's between Miami and Detroit for that last spot. I I agree with that. Yeah, and I who knows? Is I saw a video recently of Markel Fultz actually uh, looking a little bit better shooting yeah. wise. Yeah, which is encouraging. Not saying that he necessarily returns this year. Right. I mean, 
I'm still pretty skeptical of that. Yeah. But it seems to be very mental. So if something just clicks, like there, don't get me wrong, like there's nothing wrong with his legs, for example. So if right. and his body seems healthy, so it becomes like mostly a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. So if he just one day walks in and says, "You know what? I kind of relocated my shot. I'm I I think I'm ready." Mm-hmm. for game time like they can insert him immediately yeah the, so I, yeah and they just added marco bellinelli who right made an immediate impact in that miami game he's a good shooter off the bench that they i mean their bench has been horrendous oh, yeah. this year so adding an instant <laughs> offense guy like that especially who can play off of simmons and tj mcconnell and yeah like knock on wood faults at some point right i mean the Sixers would have to screw it up not to make the playoffs, but I'm not putting it past them at this point. They're still a really young yeah. team. They make a lot of dumb mistakes. You know, it, everything says, I think I looked at 538's playoff odds earlier, and I think they had like a 97% shot of making the playoffs according to 538, but there's still that 3%. That's always, that's all I can <laughs> Could happen right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mort, do you think the Cavs, they are four and a half back of Boston right now, but they, they've they looked good in the few games they've played with all their new additions from the trade deadline. Do you think there's any chance they catch up to either Boston or Toronto, or are they just going to settle in as that three seed? I think they're going to settle, but, I mean, look, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing because, look, you have so many moving pieces right now that needs to be incorporated, yeah. so it's pretty impossible to say. Um, I, I I like the addition from a long term perspective, but don't necessarily love it from a short term perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. It's really the only thing I can come up with right here. Not having Isaiah Thomas out on the floor is certainly an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, just just to be honest, and Jordan Clarkson looks like he's fitting in right right alongside LeBron. And I mean, it just seems that these components so far seems to be working, mm-hmm. but. There is some time left. I yeah. mean, yeah, something is going to come up eventually because it's the Cavs, so they always do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it would be hard for them to make up that big of a deficit, but that right. said, they have never cared about home court advantage in the past, so I don't see that changing this year. And, I mean, yeah. God, can you imagine a Boston-Cleveland second-round series? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, I know, but it's just like, everyone talks about that series. I've seen. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people mention it on Twitter. I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm going to be rooting just for for something unexpected at this point. It's been the same players over and over again in the East for the last couple of years, right? It's Kyrie I mean, at versus least, LeBron this time, though. Yeah, uh, the drama. The uh, yeah, I know. You want the world to burn. <laughs> No, I mean, what I want is the Sixers to upset the Celtics in the first round so then we can get Sixers oh, that's caps. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, but the, the LeBron, LeBron-Kyrie thing, I just uh, I think it's been overhyped. Yeah. I mean, people disagree. People change the workplace and just under a, a lesser spotlight. But, I right. mean, player in, player beef is not something that I think is high on the list. I don't think they acknowledge it themselves when they, like go into the series you know may, okay maybe Kyrie goes yeah i'm gonna see if i can add another 10 points to my scoring average for this one mm-hmm. but i mean you can't stray from the game plan and coaches don't care about that shit 
That's for damn sure. Yeah. Like, Brad Stevens is going to draw up a game plan, and that's not going to include, oh, hey, Kyrie, <laughs> on the last few possessions, you just go one-on-one against LeBron, and you yeah. kick his ass, bro. <laughs> right. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. And I think both guys are interested in executing a game plan. So, you know, drama, 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 that's fine. But I don't know. What's more interesting to me is to see if Cleveland actually is, does not make it to the finals this year, mm-hmm. which I think is... I think that's probably going to happen, honestly. If there was a year, if there was a year, they weren't going to make it. I think it's this one. Yeah. Um, and the trades, to me at least, doesn't really change that because, as I mentioned before, you still need to integrate all these guys. I don't think they make that in time. Mm-hmm. And I also think they're so young now in terms of their death mm-hmm. that this is not necessarily a playoff-proven roster. Mm. Yeah, those are all fair points. I actually... I thought before the trade deadline they were I would have definitely taken Toronto or Boston over them. Now mm-hmm. I would pretty firmly take them over Boston. I like I expect them to still make the finals. I think the Toronto them and Toronto in the Eastern Conference finals will be interesting, but they I mean Cleveland's just had Toronto's number for so many years and I know Toronto changed up their system and they have much better depth now and they the bench guys are actually producing, but you know, in the end, how many times have we counted LeBron out and then we get to the playoffs and it's like, oh, yeah, he could still drop a 45-20-15 game. Yeah. No, I mean, this is not a LeBron point. I mean, obviously for me, he's he's great. That's yeah. nothing to do with LeBron. It's got something to do with the fact that the team does not defend. Yeah, It's got something to do with unreliable, at least last year, unreliable um, personnel. I mean, you had some role players who just could not live up to their hype or live up to to their roles, and now it's about youth. So it's valid. Like, LeBron is going to demand a lot from these untested guys. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Rodney Hood, come over here. Why didn't you do that as you usually do in the playoffs? Uh, LeBron, (laughs) man, come on. Yeah. Right? Hey, Jordan Clarkson with zero playoff games to your name. Yeah. Like, do these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, I love the fact that they're all kumbayaing right now. That's right. nice. I hope that sticks. But I'm just saying, you know, time has a tendency to do strange things. And admittedly, so does LeBron. Yeah. Like, he he's not all, when, he, when the playoffs roll around, he becomes very demanding in a way that is weird. Because he kind of expects everyone to be as good as him. I'm right. passing the ball. Be right. as efficient as me. Come on. And it's just, that's not how it works. And it's also not like, they, I mean, the, a first-round series the last couple of years, they've just swept right through. But if they're the three and they get Milwaukee at the six, like mm. Milwaukee gave Toronto hell last year in the first round. Oh, yeah. Oh, like that's, yeah. That is not an easy series. Even if, I mean, if Indiana slips down, you still got Oladipo and... Miles Turner and Darren Collison and Bogdanovich to worry about. If the Sixers move up, you got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Like, I guess if the Heat or the Pistons somehow move up into that six range, that's probably the best you can hope for if you're Cleveland. But otherwise, mm. I mean, any of the teams right now in the five, six, seven range, it's not an easy sweep series. I mean, maybe nope. they, maybe the Cavs do sweep them, but it wouldn't be a you know, just route this team by 30 points a night kind of thing. Agreed. Welcome to Total Wine and More. 
It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and more, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine. And more. All right, Mort. Let's talk about your favorite subject: the tank race. The Chicago Bulls <laughs> have already announced that they are basically giving up on the season. I believe they are benching Robin Lopez for Cristiano Felicio in the starting lineup. They have said Jerry and Grant, Justin Holiday is too. Oh yeah, and Jerry and Grant for David like, Nwaba. He's out of the rotation, right? He's they're just saying yeah for Cameron Payne. Yep. yep. Uh, so the Bulls right now have 20 wins. The Brooklyn Nets have 19. And then there are six teams tied with 18 wins. Orlando, Atlanta, Memphis, Sacramento, Dallas, and Phoenix. Right. This is going to be an absolute shit show, to put it kindly. Yeah, but it should have been a shit show, shit show for the Bulls at least 10 or 15 games ago. Yeah. Yeah, like this this movement of them is just too damn late in the season. It's so idiotic. What? Why now? Why go as far as making it a race? Mm-hmm. They could have done this so long ago and most and mostly secured themselves like the worst record in the league because they had got off to the most horrid start that you would see. Like they were three and twenty. Yeah, like you knew that this was the goal, and then they started winning. And instead of saying, "Oh, that's a problem." They were like, yeah, let's see how far we can go. Right. I legitimately think there were people inside the organization who went, hmm, maybe eighth seed? Yeah. Because that's the way they think. Well, um, part of it is yeah. that they were trying to boost the trade value of Miritich, which they did. I mean, getting a right. first-round pick for him was a win. Right. Probably Robin Lopez, too. I know they didn't end up trading him, but I'm assuming that's why they kept him in the starting lineup is to make him more appealing to teams that needed a rim protector and didn't want to give up. You know, but an that's arm and a leg. like people know who Robin Lopez is, man. That's the thing that bothers me because, like, do we really need to showcase people who have like a ten year career? That's so dumb. The NBA is really dumb sometimes. More that's like, true. <laughs> if if teams like if he was out of the rotation completely, I think teams would be like, "Oh, well, he's useless." Like they need to see it every night. I know it's dumb, and I know he has that, an eight year record, but like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if they if he got benched for Felicio, that would kill his trade value because teams would be like, "Oh, well, he's not even as good as Felicio." All right, I guess yeah. we're not going to give up anything more than like a top fifty five protected second round pick for him. All right, but even so, if they preferred or prioritized trade value as opposed to lottery balls, mm-hmm. that's still a dumb move. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they kill their trade value. Doesn't matter. Like, at least Nico was fine because he was gone either way, so that was, like, a necessary evil. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, it doesn't matter if you if you kill Robin Lopez or Justin Holiday's trade value. Who cares? Doesn't matter. You weren't getting a hell of a lot out of them either way. What were you hoping for? Like a late first was never gonna happen. Was I never would, going to happen. I would guess they were probably hoping for a late first for Robin Lopez, which, which is dumb. Yeah, it goes back to your point that like <laughs> they had unrealistic expectations, probably. But like I'm, I would bet a pretty penny that that is what Garpax was thinking going into the trade deadline and then once mm-hmm. the deadline passes like this is what happens at the all-star break every year not yeah. only with the bulls but for whatever reason the all-star break is like the line of demarcation where afterward they're like all right screw it we're just gonna play all the young kids like go take a seat like right. last year with the Suns, it was eric bledsoe and tyson chandler they're just like all right go on vacation it's march you're good but but here's the thing though this is the last year where you have a twenty five percent chance to to get the number one pick, or sorry, it's yeah, what it's actually not is is it twenty five? Yeah, or is it twenty two and a half? Okay, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> I'm well acquainted. Twenty five, right? it is twenty five. Yeah, okay, and the so this is the last year to go all in. Yeah, so this is the worst time to sort of be on the bubble about it, <laughs> right? I mean, they they were there and. Look, if if it turns out that they lose out on a top four pick, because again, if you finish with the with the worst record, you're at least guaranteed the fourth pick yeah. at worst. Mm-hmm. So if they end up drafting like eighth where they're at right now, mm-hmm. that's the worst position they could be in. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get a Luka Doncic or a DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. You you won't even get a Mo Bamba or a Marvin Backley. Yeah. Like you won't even get the second tier draft guys. You would be down in like the the third or fourth tier of the draft guys by eighth. Yeah, you're getting like a Trey Young, who guys are now starting to doubt. Yeah, or Trey Young, Mikael Bridges, who's a great player, but not a DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic thing. As right. at least if you finish with the worst record, you have a substantial chance of getting a top two pick. You have you have a sixty point three percent chance to get a top three pick. Yeah, and you are guaranteed it's just, no worse than four. So you're guaranteed. You're guaranteed. So, so here here's what bothers me. We love numbers. Yeah. We always love numbers. Yep. We use numbers to judge players all the time in stats, Twitter, advanced metric, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. They are, and I say this kindly because I am a geek myself. But they're geeks, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Love geeks. Power to the geeks. Right. And. Like we, can, I've seen Twitter threads with literally hundreds of messages, just kind of describing Search Ibaka's screen game. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, here are here are numbers on how he screens. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. But when it comes to like the draft, it's like, oh, but no, it's always good to win because that means that you have this element of team and camaraderie, which is which is really good and it's ethically correct. Yeah, you Calm can't, the F on. You, you create a losing culture that resides Right, in forever. one year. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, poor Spurs. Yeah. Per, no. st- yeah, right. Just look at the Spurs when, yeah. da- when David Robinson went down. That was, that, they became a losing team. They, they had to wait two years to win a championship, Ryan. Two years. That was a nightmare. <laughs> Just two years. It's so 
dumb and this is where the where, where the nba is really lacking behind because you see a lot of the c red crowd especially for the bulls the, mm. the the positive bulls fans going well what these kids would learn is a lot better than going for lottery balls and they've the win of the progress they learn how to win oh god that's that's not how it works that's not no. how anything works stop that's yeah. they no no <laughs> No, that's not how it works. You still need additional talent to win. Look at the league. And then here's the my favorite part. When you make that point, the same point is used as a counterpoint, which is the 2004 Detroit Pistons. That's yeah. the only counterpoint that returns. And this regardless of who you are. Well, the Pistons won without a major, you know, squad of stars. Yeah. So why can't the Bulls or the the Suns or whatever? Why can't they do it? Because it happened once. Right. That's why it happened once. That's not the formula. And they had a three-time Defensive Player of the Year guy. I mean, Chauncey Billups is like they had mm. a bunch of above average. Like none of them were superstars. But no. Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton were all, like, flirting with all-stars yeah. in their prime. I mean, some of them were all-stars in their prime. Like Four of them were all-stars the same year. Yeah. So you still need star talent. Like, you need mm-hmm. multiple, even if they are not top ten in the league players, you need stars. It's, it, you need is, two franchise-altering players. Yeah, this is not a controversial take. This is just right. this is the way you build a championship team if you look at the last 20-plus yeah. years of NBA champions. And apparently, just disregard the, the, the Dallas Mavericks of 2011, though. Because, mm. I, I, and here's why I say that. They, they were not in a similar position as Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something that's going to piss off a lot of people right now. If LeBron James showed up in that series, <laughs> yeah. By mass. Yeah. He averaged like 17 points a game. Right. He was terrible. But they all again, he, the Mavs had Dirk Nowitzki who is again a top 10 player mm-hmm. in his prime. Not top right. 10 ever, but like top 10 in the league in his prime. Hey, on the bubble at least. I mean, he's not top 10, but he's like what top 20 all time. Yeah, in that conversation. They also had right. Tyson Chandler, who was a defensive player of the year. Like they, And then they had J.J. Perea, who just perplexed the Heat that whole series. So, yeah, you need... You and need Jason com- Terry. Yeah. Like, you need complementary talent, too. This is not saying mm. if you cobble three stars together, you're guaranteed to win a title. You also no, need no, no. great role right. players, too. But, right. yeah, you absolutely need... St- Hell, I mean, look at the Mavericks now. Like, Mark Cuban apparently met with his players the other day and was like, hey, guys... It actually behooves us to lose right now. Like, I know right. it sucks, and we're not going to do this forever, but, like, this is just the way it is. It, it yeah. makes a difference. Like, last year, we finished ninth, and we got Dennis Smith Jr., which worked out. But, you're, you're, I mean, you're guaranteed a shot. Like, the, the thing that drives you crazy about this whole conversation is when people always bring up, like, you know, they, they bring up, guys who busted in the top five and then guys later in that class who hit <laughs> yeah and they're like well that's just proof you can get talent anywhere like Giannis Antetokounmpo was the 15th pick Kawhi Leonard is the 15th pick Evan Turner was the number two pick so really you're better off drafting 15th than number two it's like no oh god no you're better no. off having your pick of players and then you have to rely on your scouting department and your analytics mm-hmm. department and your front office to come yep. up with 
who is the second best player in this draft? We have our choice of anyone. We don't need to listen to big boards. Like, fuck Chad Ford's big board. We don't need to listen to that. Let's just figure out who the second best player in this draft is. Like, groupthink every year always leads to players falling lower than they should. Donovan Mitchell being the prime example this year. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, you are better off having a higher pick so you have a wider range of players you can select from. This is... Absolutely. I mean... Absolutely. That's just... It's not... This is not, like, a huge logical leap by any means. This is just... That's... Duh. (laughs) Right? Who who drafted 16th in in 2013? Let me just see. Because I'm thinking, like, 16th. That was Boston. Mm. Right? Oh, is that So that was one... No, that that was, no, that's the year after I think they oh, okay. they took Lucas Nogueira, oh. but that was the pick after Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Right. So you're right. So let's just play this one out. Do you think the, you're looking at that draft? Boston is picking 16th. Yeah. Like let let's say they knew. Let's say they knew Giannis was going to be this this superstar, right? Right. Wouldn't they rather have been in the position to to draft higher? Obviously, so they can get him. Yeah, absolutely. So this idea that oh, if you fall to fifteen, you're, you're you can get a superstar there, it's it's so faulty. Yeah, it's so faulty because again, it's it's all about what you decide as an organization. That draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers decided that Anthony Bennett was <laughs> worth the number one pick. Right. I mean, again, it's just it's all about how you gauge a talent, and this year there should be no debate about it. Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton. Those are the absolute certain top two guys. And then there's a severe drop-off right. from two to three. Right. So getting in on the top two guys is going to be absolutely essential if you want to, you know, build on. But but I think instead of just talking about this, let's just let's play it out for a second. Let's do we you started talking about the Bulls. Let's just mm-hmm. play this one out. Look at the Bulls right now. Go to basketball reference, find their roster. Just mm-hmm. do it for me. Because let's play this thing out. Okay, so they have, of the young core, they have Laurie Markinen, they have Chris Dunn, who's actually a pretty old second-year player because he right. he was a senior at yep. Providence. Yep. They have Denzel Valentine, who's actually not that not that good, and also older <laughs> because, hey, senior. Then yep. they have Zach Levine, a very faulty one-way player. Mm-hmm. Then they have Jerry, Jaron Grant, David Nwaba, who's been good, Bobby Portis, who's not... <laughs> Probably not a starter long term, yeah. but a very good six could be turned into a six man. Okay, yeah. so let's say that's the core. Mm-hmm. Then you add a, a the eighth pick and the what do they have right now for the the Orleans Pelicans? The sixteenth. Okay, mm-hmm. so they get a top ten pick and a top twenty pick. Nice addition, sure. Like a Mikal Petrius or sorry, Mikal. Oh man, <laughs> I went back. I went old school yeah, there. Wow, Mikal Bridges. Yeah, Mikal Bridges and. I don't know what 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 are we going for here? Maybe Troy Brown from Oregon, whatever. Rawl Raleigh Alkins from Arizona doesn't matter. A wing or some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine additions for sure. But is that going to be an an NBA contender down the line? Because that team is going to get better. They're not going to be worse. So that means they're not going to be close to a a high first round draft pick again. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like in the middle of the road, like drafting 12th or 13th next year. Mm-hmm. W- what did they do? Do they just expect Chris Dunn to become this 
franchise-altering thing. Right. Laurie Markkinen could become one of those guys, but they, mm-hmm. you still need more. Where's right. that second guy? Where's that third star? Zach Levine? Come on, give me a break. Yeah. Like, you need a Luka Doncic or a DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. You need that. And Not, it, it would be nice to have. It's a need to have. Right. If you have any desire to become a contender down the line. And that's true for any one of the teams at the bottom of the standings, too. So, going, I mean, going yeah. back to the tank race, like, this is why teams are going to... Just, it's going to be like abhorrent how badly teams oh, tank yeah. down the stretch. We, I mean, I love it. It's hilarious. It's super fun. But like teams are going to pull all of their vets because, I mean, look at the Sacramento Kings. Do they have mm. one player on that roster who you are convinced is a foundational piece? No. Mm. Buddy Heald's good. Scal's good. Willie Collins-Dine's good, but like none of them are going to be the top piece on a championship team. The Phoenix nope. Suns, Devin Booker's great. He needs a sidekick. TJ Warren is not the number two option on a championship team. Dallas Mavericks, right. Dan Smith Jr. is great. Harrison Barnes is signed for two more years. What else? That's fine, but yeah, exactly. Like I mean, the Atlanta Ma- Hawks, Orlando Magic. None of yeah. these teams, save for Phoenix, I would say have a foundational piece for the future even the memphis grizzlies like you've got conley and gasol both of whom are past the age of 30 by the time whoever you draft in this year's class is ready to contribute or has hit his prime conley and gasol Mm -hmm. are long gone so like yeah all of these teams need a Doncic or an ayton which is why all of like the there's a real chance one of these teams goes like three and 20 down the stretch just like egregiously tanks. And that's why, in returning to the Bulls, because we brought them up earlier, mm. that's why when you were in such an advantageous position as being 3-20, and 20, yeah. you react immediately when you start to win. Yeah. You react immediately. Yeah. And they didn't. And this could be their Boston slash Tim Duncan moment. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more all right more anything else you're watching how about award races you think lebron can catch up with james harden nope <laughs> fair enough That's pretty simple look look i mean what lebron is doing is absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. which just goes to show how even more ridiculous james harden is agreed look 31 a game nine assists five rebounds He's already hit over 200 threes in 50 games. Yeah. 
taking th- 10 free throws a game. I don't know how... I mean, in, and fully incorporating Chris Paul mm-hmm. without moaning or bitching or anything, just being all about success. He's even throwing in almost a block a game. He also Dude, kept that I mean, team afloat while Chris Paul missed almost 20 games. And they still have the best did. record in the league. That he did. I, I, I mean... And Sack Lowe had some... I think it was Sack Lowe. Forgive me if it wasn't. But I think it was Sack who brought up a great point about the Rockets are actually trying hard in the post defensively. Mm-hmm. Like him mm-hmm. guarding post players and is actually doing a fabulous job of it. That makes sense because he's strong as an ox. Like that's yeah. one of the things we keep forgetting about James. Like he's so strong. Right. He's so strong. So tinkering that with him being a post defender from time to time is pretty wise. Mm-hmm. I like it. And that if that makes him turns him into not necessarily a plus defender, but not being a, a negative defender, by all means, go for it. Yeah. I I mean I I guess <laughs> there's a world in which LeBron catches up to him if, if the Cavs reel off. If they go like twenty and four down the stretch, LeBron starts dropping triple doubles left and right. You know they catch Boston or Toronto for that number one seed, maybe. Uh, and mm. also, again, I just think it would be funny if James Harden is always the bridesmaid, never the bride in the MVP race. But to his credit, right now he absolutely deserves it. I don't think the race is particularly close. I don't think anyone has. Right. I mean, I'd say LeBron's number two, but I think it's a, there's a pretty wide gap between Harden and LeBron, and then. LeBron, you could throw in Steph Curry, KD, Giannis, Jimmy Butler. Like I think there's a whole yeah. mix of contenders, you know that that are in they they're in contention, sure, but I don't think any of them are going to do it. Can, can I just read you a stat yeah. or a couple stats from from Houston season, which I I just find so impressive. So they're number one in the league in free pointers made and attempted, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're making almost 16 threes a game. Lord. Um, they're obviously 30th in the league in both two point field goals made and attempted. Mm-hmm. But here's the key they're second in two point field goal percentage. Wow. So whenever they take a two point field goal, they do it efficiently. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. I love how they are going crazy. They're only 11th in three-point field goal percentage because they know that that's that's a stat that can bounce a lot because it's a tough shot. The three-pointer is a tough shot, so that can bounce. But they've clinically gone after high percentage twos to sort of have this thing that can fall back on. Yeah, and that would be useful. And I love that. Because that's what, I mean, the Spurs last year in the playoffs, that was their strategy. Guard them at the three-point line, force them into the Mm -hmm. mid-range twos they don't want to take. And they yep. didn't have anyone who was used to doing that. Now, Chris Paul, that's been his bread and butter for years, so maybe that's the answer. But, yeah, as you said, it's a, it's something to fall back on, especially as we start looking at potential playoff matchups down the line. Oh, they have a plan C, to, a plan C too, Brian, because they're third in the league in free throw attempts per game there as well. Go. They are exceptional at every three like one, two, and three pointers. Mm-hmm. They're exceptional, and I—I I mean, we're looking at one of the great offensive teams of mm-hmm. all time. So, to everyone out there, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be—it'll be fun seeing the Rockets over these last twenty games or so. 
Uh, more quickly on the rookie of the year race, still very close between Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Oh yeah. How do you think? I'm not going to say who do you think wins (laughs) it because I don't. I there's not an answer right now. We still have twenty some games, but what do you think goes into deciding it? Oh, unfortunately, assists. If you know where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. because the assist is apparently an almighty tool for vote getters, um, yeah. and I'm not gonna uh, downplay Ben Simmons' significance in, in terms of his assist department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's six ten and he's racking up what seven and a half. I, mean, I don't yeah. have his stat line right up. Seven yeah. and a half assists a game. Yeah, yeah, and then people are kind of crapping on Mitchell's three point five. Mm-hmm. even though that's not his role. I think right. he, their roles are so different. Yeah. And ironically, I think they would fit so well together. <laughs> that's kind oh of the beauty God, of yeah. it. Really ben Simmons setting up Donovan Mitchell all night long, that would be so fun. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's going to be a huge factor. And then a lot of guys are, are talking about how Ben Simmons' defense is otherworldly. I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I disagree with the notion of trying to downplay Mitchell's ability on that end because he's been given such a large offensive role that I don't th- like he's he's basically having to Trey Young it sometimes out there mm-hmm. where he's right. asked to do so much offensively that you, you can't ask more of him defensively yep. and yet I've still seen games where he's dropping 30 and actually playing lockdown defense in the late stages stages of a game mm-hmm. like this guy is going to be a true two-way player yeah. And the fact that he can hit from the line, shoot the three ball, and and create something offensively for himself. Like, there, he doesn't really have an offensive weakness. That's why I pick him. But, but, Ben Simmons, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he wins it. I think what he's doing, given the fact that he's limited as a jump shooter, mm-hmm. how he's been able to overcome that yeah. is out of this world. Totally agree with that. Like, Really, I mean, that's that's the part where we should really look at him for because he's he's got a problem not being able to hit jump shots. He's also got a problem with the three throws. But good lord, that man understands. I have these limitations, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna play within this little circle of boundaries yeah. that I know that I don't break out of, and and respect that. It looked like he was hitting a wall after about. I think 25 or 30 games his stats started to go down a little bit because it looked like teams had started to figure out how to guard him knowing that he didn't want to shoot jumpers and then he made Mm. adjustments and now he's killing it again i mean it's yeah it's unreal but he's but again to your point so is donovan mitchell both of them are playing at an otherworldly level especially for rookies i came up with the idea on twitter recently Instead, because this debate is going to get old very quickly, and we will be having it at least one more time at the end of the season as well. Uh, instead, I think we should retroactively award Ben Simmons last year's Rookie of the Year award, because that race <laughs> yeah. sucked, and then give it to Donovan Mitchell this year. Because it's like, it's really, I think I said it was a hate crime against basketball that Malcolm Brogdon mm. is going to be a Rookie of the Year, and one of these two guys, both of whom are so much more deserving than anyone oh, from have, last year. I think I may have a better idea. What's that? It's been 18 years since oh, someone shared the award. Yep, Co. 
co-op Steve, yeah we we had kid and jason kid and grand hill in 95 yep. then we had elton brand and steve francis in 2000 it's time america yeah it's time for another share rookie of the year award yeah. it's time both of them are absolutely deserving and i would not be upset yep. if like jason tatum won i would be furious no offense to jason oh, tatum who's been having a great yeah. year but there's no way it's either ben Simmons i have a or story Oh yeah, I have a story for you. Oh boy, I made a poll on. Uh, I, I own a Danish basketball site, and I, I that po- that site has a Facebook page, and I, I ran a poll uh, about you know who's going to win the Rookie of the Year award, mm-hmm. and I just I chose Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell as the two options, uh-huh. and oh, no. the I mean I got like five or six messages immediately. Where's Jason Tatum? <laughs> Like, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right oh now? God. No. I mean, look, much love to Boston fans, but this is ridiculous. The love that he's getting, I mean, look, it's warranted. He's a, yeah. he's a fantastic player. I I have no ill will towards Jason Tatum, but he's no. just not this year in the same ballpark as Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons. Stop yeah. yourselves. Yeah. Stop yourselves. It's like he might become as good as those guys. I wouldn't yeah. even be surprised if he did. Uh, he, he's he's wonderful. He's exceptional, but he's not there. Yeah. He's, he's if he won Rookie of the Year, everyone oh, would look at that. Would go back in the history books and go, "How did that happen?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tatum will be a he should be a unanimous first team All Rookie selection. I oh, have for no sure. Beef with that. But yeah, yeah. If he wins over Simmons and Mitchell. Some either he went on like a twenty game heater where he's dropping forty a night and putting up a triple yep. double every night, or like Simmons and Mitchell both tore their ACL this week. Right, right. I mean, I, I yeah, you're right. I mean, the thing is, people argue, oh, he's nineteen. You're absolutely right. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to downplay that at all, but that doesn't mean he's the best rookie. <laughs> right. Yeah. That just yes i mean yeah oh. okay uh do you should we touch on rich cho briefly oh let's that's okay. that's a weird situation isn't it yeah so the charlotte hornets uh recently announced that they will not be renewing the contract of rich cho their general manager he they said they're gonna start the search immediately which makes me wonder if they li- if like they just don't have a gm right now and i was thinking that's mm. really weird but then i guess now that the trade deadline's over, like, I guess you don't really need one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to go GM-less, this is the, the time to do it when you still have plenty of time before free agency in the draft. Yeah. It's better than Cleveland's plan last year of <laughs> five days before free agency, let's fire our G- or let's not renew the contract of our GM. Yeah, uh, this should be GM firing a season. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. It just so, makes so much sense. Yeah. So apparently they are interested... And bringing Mitch Kupchak, former Lakers GM, in in a serious, significant front office role. I'm not sure whether that's GM. Oh, you were or just, so close, Mike. You were so close. Just some some advisor role. We don't know. This is a report from Adrian Wojnarowski. Thoughts on this whole yeah. situation, Mort? I mean, look, if you want to fire Rich Cho because you think he did a bad job, fine. I, I don't know where to stand on this because apparently you know Sam Vecini put up a tweet mm-hmm. saying I've heard that that uh, Cho was not in favor of doing all these very costly moves. Yep. 
Um, and if that's the if that's true, then you know it becomes a he said he said situation. Um, but if you are absolutely going to to fire him and go for someone else, what I don't get is that the name turning up is Mitch Kupchak. Mm-hmm. That's I think we're at this point now where it's so weird to rehash old names. Yeah. You see it in coaching circles. This is more or less a done issue. Like the the the, the coaches of the the nineties and the double zeros, they're gone now. Mm-hmm. They they have been replaced by younger, more hungry coaches who are analytically inclined, understand the mindset of a player, maybe have a little bit more knowledge of psychology behind them. They're just they're different. It's a new breed of coaches. Right. Yeah, we have some mainstays, but that's going to end up real soon. I don't think, like, for example, if Doc gets fired, I don't think he ever gets a head coaching gig again. I don't think he ever gets one. Mm-hmm. So I think that same logic should apply to GMs. I would really, I, would I do. Think so too. I mean, yeah, yeah, and and Kupchak, like he was, he wasn't problem free. No. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, with the he has, he oversaw. The the lat the latest run of Lakers titles, if I'm not mistaken, but he also mm-hmm. handed out two of the, I said two of the five worst contracts in free agency on Twitter, but now thinking back, I think it's two of the three. I think it was Mozgov and and uh, Dang, yeah. and then I think Noah is the other one. I can't think of any contracts worse than Mozgov and Dang. I would agree. That's two of Noah. three. Yep. yep. Maybe Evan Turner. Maybe Kent Bazemore. Nah, nah, because they're contributing. Yeah, right. That's what I think. So yeah, yeah. yeah, So right. I mean, maybe that's just a weird one-time scenario. But if you're firing Rich Cho because he thought you locked yourself into purgatory with a bunch of long-term deals, and now you're bringing on a guy who wants who literally just locked the Lakers not into purgatory because those were the only two bad contracts they signed and they got out of Mozzie's already, but you know that that hindered the Lakers rebuild because of the contracts he signed in free agency yep just me get out of there kemba run away run away as fast as you can it's just it's weird to me because i think there's more meat to the bone on this one i think at some point we're gonna get a story ramona shelburne or lee chickens or whatever and we're gonna find out what exactly happened because if rich show actually went out um, or, or went to ownership or everyone and said, you know, I'm not in, I'm not, I don't support handing Cody Seller 56 million. I'm, I don't want to hand out what, what is, what was the deal that Batum signed? It was 72 guaranteed. I think it was 124. Somewhere oh, yeah. There. Yeah. Five years, 120. It says here on basketball yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, I'm not in favor of signing Marvin <laughs> Williams to four year 55. Yeah. I mean, and then it was done anyway. Right. Then, then it firing him seems counterintuitive. Like then that should not be the problem. Then you should actually be releasing the stranglehold you had on him because you put him in a stranglehold if you overrule him, and you should go. You know what? Freedom. You yeah. you decide everything. Like he was good in Portland. Yeah, I think he's a good GM. I, I think Charlotte's. Yeah. I, I think you're right, Mort. There's more to the story that we don't know, so I don't want to say Charlotte is necessarily making a mistake. I think it is clear that. Cho's vision for the team is not aligned with Michael Jordan's vision for the team. So it's probably right. best that they go their separate ways. But if Jordan's vision for the team is lock ourselves into contracts and become mediocre, 
Godspeed to all Charlotte fans for these next couple of years. Oh, yeah. All right, Mort. I think it's time. We, we need to give everyone a warning in advance that we are about to delve into the political territory. So if you are easily triggered, please tune out now. But we need to address this because it was a big story last week and will continue to be a big story um, moving forward. So Thursday, uh, Uninterrupted published or put out a video with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. They were like doing this little skit where they're getting an Uber ride from Kerry Champion and they're just talking about a bunch of different subjects uh, during which Donald Trump came up um, <clears throat> and LeBron James said, I'm going to quote his words exactly, uh, the number one job in America, the appointed person is someone who doesn't understand the people. And he also described some of the president's comments as, quote, laughable and scary. So naturally, Fox News caught wind of this. Laura Ingraham uh, went on the air Thursday and more or less the, the, the essence of her comments was shut up and dribble. Stop talking about politics. So more. Yep. I'm interested in your perspective, especially because you are, uh, you know, you're obviously in Denmark. You are an outsider from mm. this whole stick to sports nonsense. Um, oh, yeah. LeBron during All-Star Weekend says, you know, we will not shut up and dribble. I'm not going to stick to sports. Draymond Green said it. KD said it. A bunch of a bunch of NBA players during All-Star Weekend came out and basically just said no to Laura Ingraham. But like, mm. what? What is what is this look like from afar? Like, what is your take on all of this? Well, we do have those type of people over here as well. You know, whenever an athlete speaks up about anything, it's about, well, kick a football instead, right? Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, though, that when we have Danish athletes doing these things, it's only, <laughs> it it doesn't become worldwide news. Mm -hmm. So the scope is different, mm -hmm. and it's easier to ignore. You know. <laughs> football fans here who crab on some dude in in the major leagues here uh because it's just not it's not a global thing mm -hmm. um and honestly I, I don't really care what what everyone else is thinking um i care what i'm thinking mm -hmm. and seeing a person let's and i i i, I mean and let's just underline person not a player a person mm -hmm. who is an american citizen um speak out about the american president mm -hmm. sort of getting told you cannot do that mm -hmm. is that 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 is just oppression yeah that's an attempt at oppressing an american citizen to speak out about his political values or right. political ideals or whatever mm -hmm. everyone regardless of what you do if you are a citizen of a certain country you should have the right to speak out about about whatever you want to speak out about. Yeah. Absolutely. And for LeBron to post a picture where it says I'm more than an athlete mm -hmm. was so awesome. Yeah. And and something I fully support because he is he, he, that's not his definition. So so what? He can only utter, you know, <laughs> talk about the the political landscape after he retires? Right. Or at that point Fox News does he become 
a retired basketball player and thus is not capable of speaking about anything else. What about what what was the guy Bill Bradley who played for the Knicks in mm-hmm. the 70s? Mm-hmm. He he became a politician, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Right. It's well, almost Hey. Oh no. It's almost like nuance is required and that people can think outside of their profession. Like Oh, but I, you I don't mean, have nuance of it anymore. Not there. anymore. No. I mean so uh, if you were on Twitter at all the last week, I'm sure you saw, you know, people were retweeting a Laura Ingraham commenting on a bunch of sports related things. I guess she's a DC sports fan. So she was commenting on like the Redskins and the, the uh, nationals and the capitals and the wizards. And then people were like, Oh, well you should probably stick, stick to politics. You can't, you can't mm-hmm. talk about sports that yeah. you're violent. Shut up and stick to politics. Um, also, Fox News has brought on a number of non-political contributors over the years. Ted Nugent, yeah. the guy from Duck Dynasty, to yeah. talk about like immigration and taxes. I, I mean, the hypocrisy of that channel in general is just, it, it never ceases to amaze. Um, and, you know, <laughs> in Laura Abraham especially, obviously people were very quick to say like this shit is racist you are just blowing a dog whistle right now and her response was no this has been my shtick for years like i've been telling people to shut up and blank for you know multiple years unfortunately she didn't consider the context of these particular comments um because at one point she said something I, i don't remember the exact line so i'm not quoting her here but she said something like must they always do that and like I could hear the fucking whistle there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, don't, don't try, like, Laura Ingraham, don't try to act like that shit wasn't racist. That was 100% fueled by race. The difference between LeBron speaking out and all of these people you've had on Fox News speaking out is that 99% of those people are white and LeBron is black. Yep. Like, that's what it comes yep. down to. And it, it, I mean, I think it's the, the, that conversation that LeBron and KD was having with Kerry Champion was illuminating because all three of them are black, successful Americans who feel threatened yep. by this president. And they, yep. they're giving a voice to millions of other Americans who likewise feel this way but don't have the platform to speak out. Like, I think it's very powerful that they are using their platform in this way. Can we just be honest about this whole thing? It's simply because <clears throat> Fox News, primary, <clears throat> pardon me, predominantly or entirely Republican. Yeah, they are just not interested in hearing what a Democrat is is out to say. LeBron mm-hmm. is speaking to Democrats here. Yep, that's what he's doing. They he's giving Democrats votes a vote and. Or a kind of vote, sorry, a voice, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you are a, a Republican party, honestly, which at this point Fox News feels like, um, you are going to try everything you can to spin it mm-hmm. so that you, your supporters are at least maintained in this little circle of idiocy. I mean, whatever you want to call it, this this idea, this this utterly stupid mentality of pray first no action uh, everything is is i don't know what to call it it's just 
it's a way of living that is not fully supported by by the democratic way of living or <laughs> honestly of people living outside the states i mean we danes we look at at republicans republicans and we 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 can't understand how they even have a voice we don't understand it Mm -hmm. so for them to to see some backlash towards that uh, from a very popular athlete or athletes is for them an attack on their way of living and then the circle goes you and i've spoken a lot off of this podcast about American politics and how having a two-party system is actually a little bit hurtful because the the thing is it's just like a a what do you call it like a rope tug of tug of war what do you call it tug of yeah. rope what are you tug that, of war. yeah tug of war exactly like there isn't a third or fourth party there like to gather some of the things and go okay we actually have a slight different way of looking at it because you have two parties going head to head it's always going to be the exact opposite stance mm-hmm. that you have going into something if a democrat something says something the republican has to say 100% the opposite mm-hmm. and that's when you go into a system that is so faulty Brian that y- your nation simply has no hope of turning around based on the current premise of that system. So we can talk about America getting, you know, Hillary or Michelle Obama, whatever. Mm -hmm. Even if you go through the next 24 years uh, after Trump is is dethroned and you get a a Democrat in there, let's say you you go on a 24-year or how how long it it will be um, Democratic control. You're still gonna have a major percentage of racist Americans who vote Republican, yeah. and who are gonna, you know, be against this. You, you need to find some sort of middle, middle ground in that country, and that's just not happening with the way it's built up right now. LeBron and and KD and all the athletes right now are not trying to create a new system. What they're doing is attacking evilness. That's the way we should look at it. Yeah. They're not attacking America. They're attacking what's wrong. Right. And I think regardless of how you vote, you should have that voice. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be a political stance that racism is bad or sexual harassment exactly. is bad. Like Right. That's just logical. <laughs> right. But it it has somehow turned into a political debate, which again, it shouldn't be. And and I this kind of pigeonholes right into you know, look at, I mean, it goes into this whole, again, sport, stick to sports uh, context, but look at Steve Kerr after the Parkland shooting last week, where, oh God, you know, yeah. Steve Kerr, after 17 high school students are gunned down in their high school, he speaks to reporters and he says, quote, it doesn't seem to matter to our government that children are being shot to death day after day in schools. Mm. It doesn't mean that matter that people are being shot at a concert or a movie theater it's not enough, apparently, to move our leadership, our government, the people who are running this country, to actually do anything. And again, the Stick to Sports crew came out and said, why is he talking? He should just be sticking to coaching basketball. Not realizing that Steve Kerr's own father was assassinated by gunmen. Like, this is a very personal subject for him. So it just, And his father was a politician. Right. So it just goes back to, yes, LeBron James is a basketball player. Steve Kerr is a basketball coach, but they're both American citizens. They're allowed to have interests outside of basketball, just like any one of us outside of our current jobs 
has interests and thoughts about things. I don't only think about editing articles. I have plenty of other thoughts and interests, including doing this podcast. That's like, you know, it, are, are you saying the Starbucks barista can only think about Starbucks 24 hours a day and can't think about sending their kids to school safely? Like you're, I mean, again, I, I credit the NBA for being progressive enough to realize this and to let their players and coaches speak out about this as passionately as they have. We've been singing the praises all year of Steve Kerr and Stan Van Gundy and Greg Popovich, who have not been shy about voicing these opinions. Because, you know, mm. we, we've made this comparison before, but you look at the NFL, where Colin Kaepernick takes a knee during the national anthem to, to protest police brutality against minority communities, not to disrespect right. the national anthem or our flag or our military, much as Donald Trump has tried to spin that. He's protesting police brutality against minorities, which, again, should not be a controversial topic. That is undeniably bad. But somehow it got spun into this whole thing about, you know, he hates America. And he doesn't he was out of the league last year. He didn't have a job because 32 owners blackballed him, fearing the repercussions of signing him. I think it is great that the NBA has empowered some of their most prominent faces and voices to let, you know, speak their minds. And there was a report that came out that NBA ratings are up compared to last year. Like the NFL blamed this political discourse on their ratings decline, but the NBA has been more prominent and their ratings are up because they have the right politics. I I mean, I guess so. It's, it's no, and and what, yeah, but what, Right politics, it's just they believe in humanity. Yeah, right. And, and they just, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just a different demographic of fans are tuning into those respective leagues. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned earlier, like maybe you are just bound to be somewhat more progressive if you're an NBA fan versus an, you know, an NFL fan or a NASCAR fan. But... I think that's fair. I, I mean, uh, people will probably <laughs> attack us for saying that, but yeah. I think that's very fair. I mean, look at it. It's a predominantly black league. Obviously, right. if you're racist, you're not going to be inclined to watch the NBA. Right. Whereas if if you're watching you know, uh, car sports or whatever, and it's predominantly white, and it's in the South or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a different crowd. Obviously, it is. Yeah. I I remember someone asked Greg Popovich earlier earlier this month what he thought about the NBA celebrating Black History Month, and he said like, uh, "Yeah, no duh, it's a mostly black league. Of course we're doing that, but also it again brings up like this country still has a lot of shit to sort out with it, you know, inherent racism, day to day, born or like built in racism that we are not confronting. So it is good for the NBA." to continue shining a spotlight on that so we can all mm. get better. I, re- I don't remember if I told this story on the podcast if I, or, or if I told you this story off the podcast, but remember when I was in Florida some years ago, <clears throat> I was in a Nike store and I was oh, yeah. being serviced by, yeah, by a, a young black man. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just have to ask. Is it, is it black or as it's called African American? Because I don't want to be politically incorrect. I think, a young African American. Yeah, I right? think either is fine. 
it's okay but a young african-american man and he was servicing me i was we were cracking jokes and and whatnot and they he he for an hour we went through different shoes and gear and stuff like that and and afterwards um i shook his hand and he looked at me as i was crazy and he asked me like what why i mean he didn't understand like why i would shake his hand and i would keep like having fun with him like just cracking jokes and and like treating him like a like like a person for crying out loud mm-hmm. and that just got to me that got to me that that's 5 years ago now and i still had that memory of a young african african american man looking at me with bewilderment in his eyes for me treating him like a human being mm-hmm. That was just like a turning point as well, because I, I did at that point, I was not aware that the racism uh, subject in America was still there. I was I was under the impression I was I was dumb. I was yeah. I was dumb. I thought I thought, you know, oh, that was in the past. People have moved on. Mm-hmm. That's when I started realizing, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm a goddamn <laughs> idiot for not seeing it. And I felt so bad that that this this guy did not understand why I, as a white person, treated him properly as a human being. Mm-hmm. That just spoke spoke volumes to me. Mm-hmm. And to this day, when when we see all the police violence and we see the way you know people who upload videos that they have recorded themselves uh, of of white people attacking them if they're of different color, mm-hmm. it's so vile. It's so frustrating. It's so dumb, it's so hateful that what I really take away from this is a lack of understanding of why people would even want to be that way. Like, the evildoers. Like, what do you gain from having so much hate? I don't understand it, I can't comprehend it. And I think if we were, we were going to segue into to the school shooting, that, that lack of understanding towards that, as well as school shooting and, and gun policies, that's where... If you ask me as a Danish citizen or as someone from outside the States, that's where, where our lack of understanding is. Mm-hmm. We don't understand what these people gain. We don't understand what, what, what it is these people are seeking. Like, why? what do you get from being so dominantly racist? What do you get? Like, why do you want to stick to gun policies? Like, or not stick to the right to bear arms or whatever. We don't understand that mm-hmm. because you asked me like the outside perspective mm-hmm. and the outside perspective is utterly confusion yeah. over, towards the way that you run your country right now. It's fair. It's, it's fair. And I, I mean, this issue isn't going away. So I think the long story short is I hope the NBA continues down this road, continues empowering its players and its coaches. And I mean, Hell, if Adam Silver wants to voice, I mean, hell, actually, Adam Silver did. He took the All Star mm-hmm. game out of Charlotte because of that, that, uh, that bill that was very anti-LGBT, which is great. Like, I hope the NBA stays as progressive as it as it has been. I think having a black woman in charge of the uh, Players Association will only help in that yep. regard. I think they're. Yep. I mean, that's as a big. I think she will be a driving force in that conversation moving forward. Um, I mean, it's this, these issues aren't going away anytime soon. So for having people who are not only not afraid to speak out, but like just, I mean, the comparison between 
this versus Michael Jordan's Republican buy shoes too. You know. Like, yeah. I I really admire the ones that. Yeah, it might cost them some potential business avenues down the line, and for them to yep. put this ahead of that is great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I and just to wrap this this up, I mean, I think a new dawn is coming. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a change within the next twenty to thirty years because so many people in power right now are old mm-hmm. and are living off 1950s mentality. Oh, let's pray for everything. Praise God for everything. And and just a side note to that, I support people who have religions. Yeah. That's fine. I am I'm not religious myself, and and I mean so is that. I mean that that's how it is. And but I have a problem when you use your religion as a shield or as a weapon mm-hmm. or as a way to not act yourself. Like if you are going around saying, well, God will provide. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing any, if you're in a bad situation and you say, well, God will provide, provide, and you don't do a damn thing about your own situation, just expecting something to be handed to you, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. And I think that's a, a often a Republican trait, which is just, well, Things will take care of themselves. Yeah. That's a problem, especially because when you have Republicans are in power right now. So that that ideology is suddenly enwrapping or embedding the entire country, whereas the, the vast majority do not feel that way. They are not as inactive. They are not just sitting around going, oh, well, yeah. someone will provide for me. Right. So when they react with action and a frustration and then you you have like the right going – well, we don't understand. <laughs> we don't understand what's going on because God will provide. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, on that note, Mort, we want to thank everyone for sticking with us who did. Uh, apologies <laughs> that this was so loaded. Hopefully we, well, games will start again on Thursday, so we'll get back to talking about actual basketball soon. Uh, but thank you for sticking with us. Please be follow. Or please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So if you want to continue the conversation there, please do. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. I'm Brian Taporic. And until next time, uh, joining me as always was Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. And just one final shout out to all the students um, from the whole Parkland massacre. They've just been doing such a wonderful job in the media speaking out. I think they deserve a a proper shout out from not just us, but but from everyone who's interested in safeness and, and actually just enjoying life because they seem to understand what what it requires to have a good life Indeed. they understand what the what that value is so shout out to all those kids and my heart goes out to to all of them yeah i think that's well said and turns out they are not paid actors they're actual real kids dealing with the tragedy <laughs> so have some goddamn respect oh yeah oh god yeah <laughs> all right later boy later Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world.
When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. 